When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. <laughs> With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, f***ing geek. A, a f***ing like geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. What's up and welcome in another edition of Hardwood Handicappers. I am fired up. Man, just like that, it goes by so quick, huh? I'm not talking about life, by the way. It's something I think all the time, too. Let's get a little dark very quickly right off the bat. My son oh, just grows up so fast. It's all downhill after you're 21. No, 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 no. We're talking about the NBA postseason, right? It all goes so quick, man. As of this recording, right, it's Friday. And we only have one series that is yet to be set in the second round. Philadelphia 76ers are going to take on the Atlanta Hawks. The Brooklyn Nets are going to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Recording this early Friday, late Thursday. We're going to talk with Doug Kazarian and coming up in a couple of minutes. Just after the Suns have taken out the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Suns will take on the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz sit back and await their opponent in the second round. But we already have three of the four series set that we will see in the conference semifinals. Man, just like that. Goes so freaking quick. So uh, recorded Doug a little bit earlier. You're going to hear the conversation. It's right when the Lakers-Suns games started. So we're not going to get any analysis from Doug on what just transpired. But holy crap, what a performance. Devin Booker. 47 points as the Suns eliminate the Los Angeles Lakers in six games. Last night, Booker, 50 of 22, 8 of 10 from three-point range. Had a plus 10, one of the better plus minuses outside of a lot of the bench guys later in the contest. But 47 points on 15 of 22 shooting. Absolutely unreal. Contributed to 11 rebounds as well. A fantastic breakout performance there from Devin Booker. I shouldn't even call it a breakout performance. He was absolutely incredible in this series. Was an awesome, legitimate scorer for Phoenix multiple times in this series. And it's really, these are the cool parts about it, right? He scored, what, 77 points in the last two games. Had four 30-points games in this contest, in this series. He was electric. And it is always cool to see young guys like this have their final, like finally have their series in front of everybody, right? We're seeing it early in Trey Young and Luka Doncic's career, but Devin Booker's been a good player for a really long time. He's still very young, but we've been sitting and watching this kid for the last, what, six years now, drafted in 2015. Knowing how good he really could be, 
and then paired up with Chris Paul, seeing what the Suns have done and seeing what he's able to do on a really big stage. Fantastic performance from Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns, who move on in a series that uh, I thought the Lakers would win in six. I thought it was going to be one of those where the matchup worked in favor of the Los Angeles Lakers, felt good after three games. But this is a really big lesson in, I, I think at least, when it comes to managing bankroll and and finding yourself opportunities. So I was involved in a lot of these series before they had started. But this Lakers series was one that Phoenix was playing extremely well, but this Lakers offense wasn't performing very well. So after game one, I bet them at even money to win the series, the Los Angeles Lakers. They take a 2-1 series lead, and after the 2-1 series lead, looking at the Suns at about plus 625, put a little on that to at least make the wager back, and a little bit of profit just in case the doomsday scenario happened. And sure enough, the doomsday scenario happens. But it's the same thing right across the board. The Denver series locked in a small profit just in case. And maybe I should be a little bit more selfish. In some of the series I was, the Atlanta Hawks series, I bet the Hawks was more and more confident as those games went by. Didn't really get out of any of it. But, you know, guaranteeing profit sometimes, sometimes being cautious, right, is a good thing. Did it with the Nuggets, did it with the Lakers, and you should probably continue. You can probably continue to do this and find your the way these series prices swing. Like Doug's going to mention it when we talk to him coming up in a couple of minutes. But the way these series prices swing just wildly throughout a series after some of these games, there's always an opportunity to lock in some sort of profit on a lot of these series. So the Phoenix Suns are going to move on. They will face the Denver Nuggets who beat the Portland Trailblazers on Thursday night, 126-115. to 115. Now, this was a really interesting series, man. A really interesting series. The Denver Nuggets finished with an offensive rating of 125, the second-best offensive rating in the NBA postseason up to this point. But I was really surprised that for the second consecutive year, the market at every turn was against the Denver Nuggets, right? We can go back to the beginning of the series where Portland closed as high as, I think, minus 140 in some markets to win this thing. And they win game one, but then Denver wins two straight. But at every turn, and what I mean by that is, Denver was never favored by more than two on their own home court in any of those games. With home court accounted for, which it has been in all these series, Portland power rated as the higher, the, the better team, right? Power rated higher by the market. Before the series starts, they close as a dollar forty favorite. When the series is tied two two, going back to Denver, who has home court, Portland favored by about a dollar thirty, dollar thirty five. Game six, market moves from Portland minus four to Portland minus five. Like at every turn, there was movement against this Denver Nuggets team. It was insane. And I can understand some healthy skepticism of the Denver Nuggets, but I it was I thought it was really interesting because there was a it was like last year with Portland, right? And I guess dynamic backcourt play and point guard play will allow I shouldn't even say allow will cause a majority maybe to overlook the flaws of a team, but it was just like last year where they go into the seeding games, Damian Lillard goes nuts in the bubble. He pulls them to the postseason. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies in the play-in game. And there's a lot of conversation around, hey, this team could beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Better watch out. And it was ignored that even though they had an offensive rating of nearly 125 in their bubble games, they were only outscoring point uh, uh, opponents by two point, like three or four points per 100 possessions because their defense was so bad. And again, in this matchup, you have a front court that wasn't very good. You have a defensive rating that was 29th in the NBA in the regular season. And yet at every turn, there was no belief in this Denver Nuggets squad. And I, I hope this probably does totally come off as, I was right. It really isn't. Like, I'm just, I am fascinated by perception at times, right? The, the, the whole thing with the New York Knicks, too, right? And it wasn't even the market, because the market wasn't that strong. The market, it looked like caught on relatively quickly that the Hawks were the better team. But, like, the, um, was it 14 of 16 riders at ESPN? I mentioned it with Doug. 
picking the New York Knicks. Like, there was a lot of support for the Knicks before the series started. I, I it's But it's perception, it seemed to be, right? The perception about the, the New York Knicks and their defense and the grit and the grind and playoff experience and all these things. I, I just thought it was... Again, this isn't to like pat myself on the back with this Nuggets Trailblazer series. I was just really interested that you saw a lot of results that indicated this series is a lot closer than you think it is, and yet the market just refusing to budge on the Portland Trailblazers are the better team. I was really surprised, and good for Denver. It is going to be a fascinating matchup for them in the next round because now as we look ahead, they get done with a team in Portland that had a massive matchup advantage in the backcourt, and they get another team who is going to have a massive matchup advantage in the backcourt in the Phoenix Suns. So you go from having to deal with Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and Norm Powell in that backcourt to now having to deal with Chris Paul and Devin Bridges in the next round. So I, this is going to be fascinating. I think there's an argument to be made that the Denver Nuggets yet again do have an advantage in the front court, right? With Nikola Jokic taking on DeAndre Ayton, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., against the front court that the Phoenix Suns have. So it is going to be a fascinating series in that regard. And we're going to have a lot more on that. The series previews are coming up in the next day here on vcin.com. We'll have a weekend podcast previewing all of the series at length. But let's really quickly talk about the two Eastern Conference series and just just to set the scene, really just to set the scene from a price perspective, because both of them really stuck out to me. And we're going to talk about this with Doug Kazarian of ESPN Daily Wager, host of the Behind the Bets podcast, coming up in a couple of minutes. But I will say, so I picked the Brooklyn Nets to win this series against the Milwaukee Bucks. But having said that, a lot of the price, I, I am surprised by a lot of the prices that were popping up. And yesterday when I was on the air with Danielle Alvari and Wes Reynolds over on My Guys in the Desert, Circa had opened it up, or I don't know if they opened it, but there was a price as high as minus 235 on the Brooklyn Nets. So you were getting 2-1 to one coming back on the Milwaukee Bucks. And, and to me, like that's that's the buy price to me, right? To say the Bucks are only winning this series a third of the time, and giving a team, giving the Brooklyn Nets an implied probability, I think of nearly like like sixty six percent to seventy percent. That's really high, in my opinion, given the matchups that are out there for both of these teams. Right? You know, I've mentioned it before. Tell them blue in the face. You know where I'm going in terms of the perimeter defense for the Milwaukee Bucks. There's no need to reiterate how bad it's been, especially in the regular season this past year, and how Brooklyn can take advantage of that. But the Bucks can still roll out a lineup that is going to be, I think, relatively effective from a defensive standpoint against the Brooklyn Nets, right? Just from a, a physical standpoint, as I've brought up this, this exercise many times when I'm talking about matchups between players, but like the draw line between each guy defensively, like you have a guy for each player on Brooklyn that is part of the big three, right? Milwaukee versus, or excuse me, uh, Giannis versus KD. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday versus James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Take your pick between them. I think Chris Middleton would be more effective against the James Harden type, mainly because Harden is, you know, top of the key type player. He's not going to be running around and getting free off screens. I think you need more mobility to be able to stay with Kyrie Irving off ball, and that sounds like a Drew Holiday type assignment. But regardless, they have like the physical matchups that would be able to bother them, right? Now, I think it's a really big loss for this team, and I say this in Milwaukee, that Dante DiVincenzo is going to be lost for the series because that sucks, man. Dante DiVincenzo is a really solid player. He's obviously a solid scorer, right? He's part of one of the more effective lineups when he's on the floor. When he's out there, their defensive rating improves by 2.2 points every 100 possessions. One of their most used lineups, Milwaukee, is Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. It's the starting lineup. They're plus 10.7. They only give up 108.1 points per 100 possessions. The loss of DiVincenzo is going to be a pretty big one. 
And now when you're looking at who's going to take that shooting guard position, right, who's going to play that other guard spot, then you get into some tough spots, right? Pat Connaughton, Connaughton, Bryn Forbes, right? Like those are all like the options there for them are relatively tough from a defensive standpoint because I think you are going to suffer in that regard. If you put, especially if you put out Bryn Forbes, Harden's going to go after him almost every single time. So I, I think it's going to be really fascinating from that regard how this starting lineup is going to look for the Milwaukee Bucks and the loss of Adante DiVincenzo, who's a really solid defender and who helps them with their team defense and what that's going to mean. But all of that aside, I, I, I've, I always hope that I've never come off as dismissive of the Milwaukee Bucks. I've just always thought that Brooklyn was going to win that series. I always thought this was going to be like a seven-game series. Like This is a relatively tight competition between these two. And so, again, going back to a series price of over $2 for the Brooklyn Nets, it's pretty high. So my buy price is going to be 2 to 1. If I can get 2 to 1 again to pop up, I went to go bet it when I was on the show when Wes pointed it out to me. And uh, the second I hit it, it went down to plus 180. So Sarka adjusted off of that pretty quickly. We'll see if that pops up yet again. But my buy price in there on Milwaukee is going to be 2 to 1. Uh, VEASAN.com slash JVT, by the way, and those series uh, previews are going to be up as that series gets started on Saturday, and we'll have all of our uh, second-round series previewed, too. So let's move on really quickly. Uh, again, and this is it, – it's hard, I think, pre-flop to handicap this Hawks and 76ers series at this point right now, late Thursday night, early Friday, mainly because Joel Embiid's status just clouds the entire thing. Like, if you're telling me that Joel Embiid's playing, there's no way this is a $2 price tag. Two, minus 200 seems cheap on Philadelphia. I think there's a couple of dollar eighties popping up out there. If I know I'm getting Joel Embiid at full strength, I thought this was going to be closer to like 4 or $5. So I, I think there is some very good value on Philadelphia if I know that I'm getting Joel Embiid, and I just have no idea if I am. And while Atlanta had a really good series against the New York Knicks, I wouldn't count out a Joel Embiid-less Philadelphia 76ers team against Atlanta. There's still some really good defensive pieces there along the perimeter without Joel Embiid. You have Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Ben Simmons. You have Matisse Thybul. You have Danny Green. There's some solid pieces defensively on this squad. Now, and Tobias Harris isn't terrible either by any stretch. It'll be interesting to see where their offense comes from for the most part. Joel Embiid's such a massive piece of it. Their offense really falls off without him on the floor. But regardless... His status is this cloud that hangs over the series where I just I don't know why you would feel comfortable handicapping this series before it started. It was like the Lakers game yesterday. You know, a lot of people asking me, like, hey, what's the play here on this Lakers game? It's like, watch. <laughs> watch and see who's going to play and who's not and then bet it in game. Because the second, I mean, like, look at, for example, right? I'm sure there were a lot of people who were like, AD playing? Hell yeah, I'm betting the Lakers in this thing. And then what happens? He gets out there, and one play in, he's grabbing at his groin because, of course, it's a groin injury. It's serious. That's hard to come back from in like two days. So even when you had Anthony Davis out there, he wasn't 100%. So I don't know why. Like I Again, going back to this, it's the same thing, right? You could even tell. Like, I even use the phrase, if I know I'm getting Joel Embiid, like, what, what status of health? What's the what's the Street Fighter health bar look like? The Street Fighter health bar. What's it look like above his head? Because I know for damn sure the Street Fighter health bar above AD's head last night was orange and maybe even a little red. It was not looking good in terms of the groin. Yeah, that was tough. So anyway, so again, Embiid, health, obviously a massive piece for this series. The Atlanta Hawks are really good, and I was very impressed and got more impressed with them, and I have you know upgraded them a little bit in my own standing after watching what they did to the New York Knicks because I thought that would be a six-game series, and they handled business in a massive way at home and then, of course, closing them out in New York. Hawks are a good young team. Nate McMillan's did a really good job. But Joel Embiid on the court makes things completely different for that squad. He can take Clint Capella out a little bit along the perimeter and in space. He's an elite mid-range finisher. 
He's a great body within four feet of the basket, which will make it extremely hard for Trey on those floaters and those pick-and-rolls. That Clint Capella-Trey Young pick-and-roll is not going to have the same effect that it did against the New York Knicks. Right? Ben Simmons can handle Bogdan Bogdanovich off the ball. Matisse Thibel can match up with Trey Young on the ball. There's just so many little things that this team can really do. And that doesn't even mention Danny Green, who you can throw at Trey Young on a possession-to-possession basis. Right? You don't mind switching that off at all. There's just so many things that this team can do from a lineup versatility standpoint on defense, the Philadelphia 76ers. It'll be a pretty fascinating series. I'll give it that. But if I if I knew I was getting a healthy Joel Embiid, dollar eighty, you bet your ass I'd be all over that. But it's the reason why it's so cheap. And we'll see. Maybe the market, right? The, the market gets overly impressed with teams in the first round. And you get cheap prices. I was told by somebody, I'll bet the Mavericks no matter what the price is in the next round. I'm like, well, that's not true. <laughs> you know? If the Mavericks in the next round against Utah are minus 200, are you betting that? Because I'm willing to bet you're not. But, you know, you set, you throw out those statements because he gets so impressed with what is happening. And I think maybe, just maybe, we're seeing that with the betting market here up to this point. So that's the buy price so far. As of my recording, this haven't seen a series price up yet for the Suns and Nuggets. It'd be fascinating, too, if they get Will Barton back because... I like this Denver team, man. Eagle Jokic, that was a coming out party in this series. Multiple 30-point games. The guy was absolutely tremendous. Looked a little gassed near the stretch. Yusuf Nurkic had some trouble with him. Portland Trailblazers got some big picture questions to answer. Don't think C.J. McCollum is going to be back with that team. I'd rather have Norm Powell. And they wouldn't got him, so. But regardless, uh, let's talk with Doug Kazarian on the other side. We're going to chat a lot about what we have seen so far in this Clippers and Mavericks series. I nerd out over an NBA draft. And get his thoughts on the two big boys in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, and how that series will go down. Hey, please, too, by the way, it's Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Like, rate, review, subscribe. We need them. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, only on the VSIN Podcast Network. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. All right, let's welcome in Doug Kazarian, ESPN fame, daily wager host as well, Behind the Bets podcast, too. Does a great job with all the sports betting content and part of ESPN Chalk Crew. 
What's up, dude? How's the playoffs been for you? Well, I quite the intro. I appreciate the uh, the, the accolades. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's been fun. You know, it's I'm sure you can uh, sympathize, but like my muscle memory is all thrown off. Memorial Day weekend. I'm used to conference finals. I'm used yeah. to uh, maybe an NBA finals game and you got full you know, quadruple headers and stuff. So but there's really nothing like the first round when you got NHL and NBA playoffs. And you got these just marathon days of all hoops. And I'm still pasty white in 100-degree weather because I got to watch all these games. Yeah. Oh, well, it sucked. I think Friday we only have one game, right? Like, when I saw that on the schedule, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, that's lame. Yeah, it feels abrupt, right? When you go yeah. from all these games and then, like, obviously you have a couple sweeps, a couple gentlemen sweeps. And then you get, like, a game six or seven. You're like, what is going – what do I do? What on? Do I actually have to go outside on a weekend? So I was before we get into all the serious stuff. I wanted to throw this at you because I, I got really excited about this earlier today, but nobody I talked to really cared about it. And so maybe I'm just uh, geeking out over something like a partial observation here. So Luka Doncic has been absolutely incredible against the Clippers, right? And Trey Young's been very good in the series against the Knicks. And obviously, we know about the connection between those two. And so I went back to the 2018 draft to look at just like everything that was happening around there. I, I had forgotten that uh, DeAndre Ayton was the first pick in that draft. Right. He's been yeah, doing Bagley fantastic. As well. Bagley. And then, if Doug, if you look at like the depth of the 2018 draft, like we're talking about like Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, Anthony Simons, like there's a legitimately 20 guys that came out of this class that are contributing, like decent contributors uh, for their teams respectively at this point. It's insane. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, right? You got SGA, who's going to be fantastic once yep. he doesn't have to sit because teams are, are um, tanking. But there's a lot of solid players. Yeah, you know, DiVincenzo, Simons. I'm glad you mentioned him because I think he's might be like comeback player of the year next year or something. If he gets an opportunity, uh, he's an outstanding shooter. He was also in the dunk contest. Yep. So who knows what his ceiling is, but he's a really nice piece. Uh, is he a budding all-star? Probably not, but... There's some solid guys, and to your point, Devontae Graham and some guys in the second round as I look at this, and even Gary Trent Jr., you know, yeah. hired a gun off the bench, solid player, of course. So, uh, by, by the way, Anthony Simons, because you're right, I think, I can't remember what trade it was in the offseason, but uh, he was rumored to have been off limits for the Trailblazers. They love this kid. So, right now, speaking of the Trailblazers, uh, Doug and I are recording this on Thursday night, and this will be out early Friday, late Thursday, but we'll promote it, of course, uh, early Friday. So, regardless, you're listening to this after this Denver-Portland game with a minute left to go. So, let's get to some of the big topics. We mentioned Doncic, so that's the natural jumping-off point. Uh, I, I this is a fascinating series. Like outside of the betting angles, it's been fascinating to see this play out between the Mavericks and the Clippers. Uh, what has been your massive observation as the Clippers look to stave off elimination on Friday? Well, from a betting perspective, it's the first quarter overs. Like that's yeah. what's hitting. There's a ton of points. The only time it didn't was when Luca was hurt, right? Had that nerve issue, um, and obviously you could just sympathize him and see him wincing. But that, like, I've been playing the first half totals. This series, more than any others, you've seen it skewed first half, uh, much more than just half the game total, right? It's certainly skewed that way. And then I, I think it's obviously Terry Stotts making the right adjustments. Give Ty Lue credit for the game three adjustment. But I think Stotts uh, moving chess pieces around, which is, excuse me, not Stotts, Rick Carlisle, Carlisle. Yeah. which is nothing new. Obviously, we know of his capabilities. Won a ring in 2011 with the uh, one blemish, really on uh, LeBron's um, um, resume, but I uh, I think it's just that Luca is like, could be like the face of the NBA, right? In a couple right. of years, maybe Steph starts to decline a little bit, and you just see this guy who is really like a, a presence on the court and an impact on the court that we haven't seen really since LeBron, and I think he's kind of like the next LeBron in that regard. Obviously, Giannis can do that a little bit, but just the way Luca sees it and he's brilliant and all this stuff where he's like three steps ahead of everyone that LeBron is, I think we, we see that with Luca now. And I think that's like the passing of the torch, if you will, if he can carry, I don't want to say scrubs like LeBron did some of the, like the 07 yeah. Cavs team, but if he can carry a team like this to the next round uh, and, and, and dethrone a Clippers squad, I think that that's a giant feather in his cap. One of many uh, throughout the, that, that are coming in this career. 
Yeah, eighty-one percent of those buckets yesterday, right, scored or assisted on. Like it's it's insane what he's been able to do in this series. And like I was talking about this the other day. Sometimes you're just watching greatness unfold, right? Like we can talk about all the numbers and the shooting and the unsustainability, but sometimes you're just playing a damn good player, a next level guy like a LeBron or a Luca. And that sometimes that's the difference, right? Over a team that's been kind of put together, doesn't have much chemistry, and has had the issues that the Clippers have had. Yeah, I mean, look, it it, it became a big three, right? But mm-hmm. old days, it was a big two, right? Like Pippen. I mean, obviously they had the triumvirate of Grant, uh, Rodman. You know, that was always that third third leg. But I mean, look, Lakers won with a big two, and then Rondo played great. He was almost like a big three, at least for a few games in the finals. But um, look, is like a big one, and it's just a lot to ask for him to do that. And what you said, you know, assist on thirty-one of thirty-seven buckets, or excuse me, score or assist. So it's just pretty insane to see him do it. There is a ceiling to it, and if he does it, that things look great for the Jazz uh, in the West, at least. So I just think you know you got to get Lucas some help. I don't know if Porzingis is the answer. Uh, Porzingis has played well at times, but Luca is just incredible. So Clippers favorite tomorrow. Again, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, Three-point favorite. I'll just ask you simply, you think Clippers can still win this thing? They can. I don't think they will. Uh, yeah. When it was 2-1, it was minus 120 Dallas. And I posted this on ESPN.com. I bet the Mavs. Because obviously if they go up 3-1, then you like their chances. And I said, even at 2-2, we've seen from a lot of these teams how hard it is to win three straight playoff games, right? We saw Denver lay an egg in game four. We saw the Lakers lay an egg. In game four, it is tough to win three straight games um, and, and play well and see what that can I mean. Even the Celtics lost, even, even the Nets lost. So uh, I, I just think I thought game five, the, you know, there's confidence on the on the Mavs sideline. And I thought they could go to L.A. and win, which they did. So the question is, can they get this? Can we finally see a home team win? I, I like the Mavs in the series. Now they're up three two. They have a chance to win at home. But I even like their chances going to L.A. I do. Yep. Yeah, well, you, you have to, especially with the way we watch this. This has been absolutely nuts. Uh, all right, last one on this before we move on from this series, because I, I really want to get your opinion before we get you out of here on the two Eastern Conference ones that have been set. Um, I, my, my thinking on this has been Ty Lue actually made an adjustment. He made it too late, but he made the adjustment to go to Nick Batum, right, especially play a little bit more five, and he started him in game four, and it worked out for him. And then yesterday in game five, Carlisle goes, okay, well, I'll one-up you. I'm going to play zone with Boban Marjanovic in the middle, and that really worked out very well. My worry for the Clippers on top of everything we talked about is I feel like Ty Lue used the bullet and the gun that he had, and now he's like, ah, like I don't know what else to do now. I've made my move, and now I've been stumped. Well, adjustments are only part of it, right? Yeah. There's always uh, – I mean, it's a lot of games with a lot of possessions, right? So the adjustments, it starts – but I, I really think, and a lot of this is narrative betting, and I'm as guilty of it as anyone. There is narrative component to this. Like a team down 0-2 plays with more desperation, plays with more physicality, and thus draws more whistles, right? It's not that the refs are, are you know, extending the series. But if you have more bounce in your step, like look at the Nuggets off that beat down when Malone called them out, uh, Porter promised that they would be more have more energy and all that and they were up 20 points in the first period or whatever it was yep so uh, i just think that the the clippers having done that in games three and four relaxed a little bit you saw it with their just demeanor and then they were doing fine and then paul george gets in foul trouble and then all of a sudden uh lucas starts going off but the, the clippers made their move they were down 14 cut it to one and then Kawhi passes to terrence mann so it's adjustments, but then it's also like the, I don't know, the fire, if you will, of some of these mm-hmm. guys who are facing elimination. So I think the Clippers will play hard, but I think they're a little disjointed. Like sometimes Rondo plays crunch time, sometimes he doesn't. They get a little lackadaisical because I don't think they have a true pecking order and a fluidity to their offense. They almost don't have too many guys, and they don't, when it's humming, it's great. Like the ball's moving, it's popping. Three balls, it's great. Rondo's driving, either dishing or doing the fake behind-the-back pass layup. But when it's not working, there's a little sort of disjointed play that just kind of gets everyone a little out of sync and off-kilter. And guys like Morris and even Batum kind of don't know what to do because it's it's like oil and water a little bit when Kawhi and Paul George are on the perimeter and no one's attacking. Yeah. All right. Well, before uh, we move on to the Eastern Conference, I should note that um, as we are talking, the Portland Trailblazers have been eliminated by the Denver Nuggets. 
Good series win for the Nuggets. They move on, take out Portland. Where where were you at on that series before it started? So it was uh, looks like the only uh, pre playoffs bet I lost. I I was on Denver. Excuse me, not Denver. I was on Portland. I was on the Nets minus two and a half games. I had a couple other plays that looked pretty good. But today I I took the plus five and I took the we had a dog of the day money line. I took uh, Denver here. Okay. I, it's funny, you know, my whole spiel was like, I can't tell you how much money I've lost over the years when it's like 2-2, two, two, team game five winner, and then they're going to game six. I'm like, all right, that team's going to respond, and we're going to go to game seven. And, like, I was like, I can't tell you how many times the dog just wins. And I, I was like, and so we actually looked it up, and it's like an outrageous ATS. The road team in game six with a 3-2 lead, like, covers like 65 70% of the time. It's insane. And a lot really? of times they went out, right? Because you get them on the brink, right? You're now yeah. one win away, and you just, like, go for it in the second half. And that's what Denver did tonight, right? They had that sort of – and then, obviously, the team that's losing starts to doubt a little bit. And, look, or they just play better, and they're the better team. But uh, I kind of s- sniffed it out, having uh, having getting beaten my brains down in all these years. Yeah. All right, so Portland goes home. Denver moves on. Uh, and then they, of course, will await the winner of – Lakers and Suns whenever that of course wraps up and that is coming on later today. This is the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me JVT at Roach underscore 97 and at VSIN live. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. All right, the two Eastern Conference series we have set. Uh, we will save the big one for last. Atlanta Hawks and Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers like a $2 favorite. We don't know what Joe Embiid is going to be in this series at all. But I was still kind of surprised by just $2. Like, this is a regular season matchup that Philly beat the crap out of Atlanta. And you can go back, right, and you can tell, like, Trey Young missed one game, but Ben Simmons missed another. Like, there were some pretty big gaps between this teams, these two teams in the regular season. I, I was surprised by the $2, but I understand Embiid's presence. So it has kept me off of this before the series has started. What is your read? It's hard to pull the trigger not knowing nope. the Embiid status. And I don't want to be Debbie Downer. Everyone wants to fire. But here's my thing. Where's the value, Doug? Full, full disclosure, JVT. I bet uh, Trey Young 100-1 to to win the MVP this year because mm-hmm. I read a bunch about the Hawks, how they were going all in on analytics. I love their moves surrounding him with shooters and seeing what's coming out in the playoffs. Like, I feel like I should get my money back at least, right? Like I made a decent play here and surrounding him with shooters. That's exactly what you need. And all these guys were hurt. Like Gallo missed so much time. Bogey missed so much time. 
And now that they're at full strength, they even have their guys defensively, like Hunter. Like, they're a solid team, man. And, and a lot of these teams in the postseason aren't really indicative of what their seed is, right? Like Denver, having lost Jamal Murray, isn't a true three seed. Uh, but I also think they're getting a little underrated here. And Portland, like, they're not a true six seed. Nurk and McCollum miss so much time. So I think the Hawks, you know, being a five seed, I think it's a little misleading given their firepower, their coaching change. They're, what are they, 21 and two at home since the All Star break and 18 and four ATS? So they're just a different team. They're now much more complete. Capella is really fitting along nicely. Aside from the stupid three pointers in games three or four, Trey Young is playing within himself. He's not doing the Steph Curry shooting. He's more attacking and then floater game, or he's doing the lob work. It was the step back. They had such a problem the first two months or so of the season. They were, I think, the worst fourth quarter point differential team in the NBA is because Trey Young was trying to pull Curry moves out of his hat instead of just doing what he's best at. He's an excellent pastor. Passer has great vision. He's not a logo shooter yet. He he can make it, but doesn't mean he should be doing that. And he finally learned, and then they became a much better team in the fourth quarter and closing out games. And then again, everyone's just healthier, and Nate McMillan's pulling all the strings, and so they've been that much better since the coaching change. So I don't want to dismiss them and kind of just use regular season stats, and then you have the Embiid thing. But I also, with that whole all being said, like, I think people are dismissing the Sixers and also the Bucks, but I think they learned that in the first round that the, what, what happened the previous years does not apply. What happened with the Brett Brown Sixers and the other regime, it just doesn't apply. Like Daryl Morey found all the right pieces and beat has been great this year as an MVP finalist. Simmons is outstanding as a slasher and on the fast break and he can guard all five positions and they have shooters. So there's just so much to like with both teams. I think it does feel a little cheap at $2. But I don't know if they're, you know, being a little coy about the injury with um, Embiid. You know, how much, how fragile is he going to be when he comes back? I mean, partial tear. I mean, I always think that sounds pretty serious. Why did the market, and this is not meant at a slight uh, at your colleagues, Doug, but we were talking about this today. Like, was it 15 of 17 at ESPN or whatever it was, pick the Knicks? Like, the, the, that we had a lot of support behind New York in that series. I didn't really understand it. Is that the East Coast bias? Like, I feel like everybody fell in love with them and didn't realize that they were the 24th, uh, 24th best offense in the league and that it was going to be kind of hard to keep up with this Hawks team. All I heard was grit and nothing else. Yeah, you were, no, you were ahead of this. You were, you were on an island for the most part because I was all about, not all about, I just said I can't pick a winner. I, I, just, I, I wasn't sure the Hawks could get it all together, but I think some of it could be buyer's remorse a little bit and trying to undo a wrong when so many people were, you know, at the beginning of the season said the Knicks will be one of the worst teams. Yeah. And so maybe it was a chance to kind of make up and get some goodwill back. I don't know. And then also the Knicks, like, look, typically refs swallow the whistle. You get, you know, all this that stuff that thought maybe the Knicks were sort of built for the postseason. But did you expect Randall to lay this kind of an egg? I didn't. <laughs> no. So, I mean, no. look, Derrick Rose was the best player on the Knicks in this postseason. And... They just didn't get make the shots. But, I mean, obviously they could have won game one and they could have played better in a couple of the home. But just the offense just disappeared. All right, so let's go to the other team in New York. Maybe the team, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So the the price that stuck out to me on this series, Circa initially yesterday was as high as minus 235, if I remember correctly, on Brooklyn. And you were getting two to one on Milwaukee. I think Brooklyn wins this series, but I think this has like seven game, like kind of slobber knocker written all over it. This looks like it's going to be great. But, you know, Milwaukee's really good. And I feel like if I'm, if I'm getting two to one, it's going to be hard to pass up on Milwaukee, even though I believe that the Nets are going to win this series. I thought we were talking about like a dollar 50 between these two teams, maybe a dollar 65. So I'm really interested to see the respect here for Brooklyn in a series like this. What's your, what do you look at? So, when you bet these series, and I think look no further than what we saw with the Lakers, right? This mm -hmm. series was just bananas with the uh, series price going up and down, left and right. I think the important thing is to remember how much the money line changes. And so you almost want to handicap a game before you handicap the series. Like game one, who do you like? And, and I know that's yeah. silly. If you have no opinion, that's fine too. But you have to think like this. Because what's going to happen is the series price is going to change so much. When you, so when you're thinking about 20 cents here and there, that's a big swing when you're factoring in, um, you know, when you're trying to think, you know, 20 cents here and there on a series price, the game one is going to swing it a lot more than that. And so yeah. there's just so much to assess. So 
for me, I think the Nets are going to get maybe worn down in the series. So, like, I like the Nets early in the series. So, I would probably take the Nets in the series early. I'm just worried about their bigs. I think Giannis can eat them alive. And I'm is Jeff Green healthy? I mean, where are we on that? Because I don't want Claxton playing at all if I'm a Nets backer. Yeah, it'll be, it's going to be fascinating, man. I cannot wait. That is, and that's, that's, I shouldn't say, if, if Embiid's hurt, that is the de facto Eastern Conference Finals and could be potentially de facto NBA Finals, given the, all the injuries and the madness going on in the Western Conference. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I was talking about it in my own podcast, and then sure enough, some books started putting it up, and I was very grateful because, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl, we see it a lot, AFC, NFC, sometimes like a two-and-a-half-point spread or whatever. Mm-hmm. The East is right now, I think, forty. Uh, who would you fire on if the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference? Dollar forty seems cheap given everything. I kind of think I see. I think there's no doubt in my mind the East is winning. Right. Okay. Yeah. Dollar forty like, seems relatively big. cheap. Yeah. I uh, I just because right now it's like totally opened up for the uh, East, right? Like right? You have Utah obviously is a threat and, and deserves to be so. But besides that, I don't. I mean, the Clippers could get their act together. I just don't anticipate it happening. And, you know, those I, I just don't want to have to pick between all those three teams in the, in yeah. the East. But if the Nets or Bucks get there, they're going to be so tough. Like, I mean, if, if the Nets get there, then they will have proven themselves against the Bucks, uh, excuse me, the Bucks, which will be just enormously impressive. Yeah. No, it's so really I, interesting. I like the East in sort of an advanced series price yeah. because no. i mean we, we talked the hawks obviously the hawks could get there i just don't see it happen right i think eastern conference finals is probably the ceiling for atlanta and that's if mb doesn't play the entire series and that's still going to be a tough matchup for him all right doug well your lakers are about to start playing here for their lives against phoenix uh, last before we get you out of here anything else you want to leave us with uh i like the west uh jazz at plus 175 now i bet them in january at 7 to 1 and 12 to 1 hey me you I, me and you too huh i, yeah, I got them at 7 to 1 well, that's the nice thing about writing stories. Sometimes you get sold. Like I did all this, uh, like a feature piece for ESPN.com betting chalk section and wrote all about it. And I was like, they haven't won more than a series in like a decade and all this stuff. But I was like, look, they're going to hold on to the one seat. I, I, I was a believer, at least in the regular season. So I'm like seven to one's legit, 12 to one. We, we missed the really good prices. Right. And then I was just like, and then obviously everything's just opened up for them. Like the Lakers injuries, Clippers, lack of mental toughness, whatever you want to say. Um, so if you have the Lakers and the Clippers eliminate the first round, I think Phoenix is legit, right? So, but I mean, you have to like your position. So I think plus 175 on the Jazz, who we kind of forgot how good Donovan Mitchell is, right? Like, did we did we forget he missed around 20 games and he's just a difference maker? And the Jazz held on to the one seed down the stretch, and they were still resting guys. A lot of times they had Conley out and obviously still Mitchell out. So they had a really impressive run when you factor all that in. This team's legit top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, only team in the NBA that can do that. I, I've been really impressed with Utah, and Quinn Snyder's an excellent coach. I think plus 175 is, is value. And you know what's surprising is just the, the market's view on them, right? Like the, the, the power rating never really budged in the series throughout, right, against Memphis. The, the not, lines never really changed, even though you usually see a little bit of an adjustment off of some results, right? You know, Clippers go from six to seven, all that kind of stuff, and the power, late, power rating was pretty static. But also, you know, they, they covered all four, and they won four straight the second Mitchell came back. It was a pretty bad mismatch for Memphis. Well, and it's what the whole thing that's making it so fascinating, JBT, is the fact that, like, the, the future's liability is incorporated in this. And I said that mm-hmm. it was bananas between the Suns and Lakers. But just think about it. You have the seven seed, which has the most liability, or the second most liability of all the teams for the books, right, in the championship futures market in the West. And then you have a series price moved from $3 to whatever it moved to $2 before a first game was even played. And then between games one and two, the Lakers go from a closing number of about two and a half as a dog. And then to a two point favorite or give or take a half point and nothing else changed. There's no injuries. There's no venue change. And then you have the series price goes to a pick them after the Lakers bounce back in game two, they win game three CP three's hurt. It gets to $9. And then they lose as a six and a half point favorite, not a 12 and a half point favorite like the Nets were. Six and a half point favorite. And then they're all of a sudden underdogs after game four. And so it's just crazy because of the 
you know, obviously the injuries played a huge role, but the liability. So you have the Clippers and Lakers, which represent the most liability out West. And then, so that's why the jazz futures have been so enticing because they're the one seed that's dismissed. And then the Lakers and Clippers here could be exit in the first round. And so the books are finally adjusting. So actually, what was it? Yesterday was the first time all year that the Lakers were not the favorite in the West. In fact, it was the first time in, since like the Golden State Durant days that the Clippers or Lakers were not the favorite out West. So it's just kind of funny that these two teams could get bounced the first round and what else it means for the rest of the betting market. Yeah, it's a good point. Doug Kazarian, again, ESPN Daily Wager, Behind the Bets podcast, all that stuff. ESPN Chalk does a great job there, too. What, what's the schedule for Daily Wager? Uh, so we're weekdays, 6 Eastern-ish uh, on ESPN, too. Sometimes we have to go early. It's all like programming, right? So yeah. uh, COVID bounced around a lot of games. And so sometimes there's just like during the playoffs, like we had no shows on Fridays with these like quadruple headers and all that. So anyways, we're 6 Eastern, ESPN2, Monday through Friday. We have a Daily Wager podcast in the mornings that posts around noon Eastern. And then uh, obviously I have the Behind the Bets pod and – so a lot of fun content. Like you said, we're doing a daily uh, picks on chalk. So there's a lot of good content on ESPN chalk as well. Appreciate the time, Doug. Thank you. You got it. Always good to talk hoops with you, JVT. Yep. Catch up soon, man. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.